In this episode, I speak with Rob Mitchell, Project Sales Director at SSC. He works within the smart building division of the company who focus on decarbonizing buildings. This is a very topical conversation at the moment, with COP26 currently underway in Glasgow. The world's leaders are setting ambitious targets and plans to reduce the speed of climate change and ensure that average global temperature doesn't rise above 1.5 degrees compared with pre-industrial times. Buildings and their construction together account for 36% of global energy use and 39% of energy-related carbon dioxide emissions annually, according to the United Nations Environment Programme. And according to a report by the European Commission, an estimated 75% of Europe's current building stock is considered energy inefficient. We need to act now. Smart technology, including digital twins and artificial intelligence, are on the agenda at the COP26 conference. They are being discussed in conjunction with smart buildings as an aid to combat climate change by making commercial buildings smarter and more efficient. We discuss all of this with Rob, getting his opinion on this huge topic. In his words, we've got to be brave. We need to find brave clients and show others what's possible. But most importantly, we need to take those first steps today. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Hi, Lindsay. It's nice to be here. Brilliant. So obviously you work for SSE as Project Sales Director and you've worked within the smart light and smart building industry for many years. Um, You're very aware of the current challenges and opportunities within the market. So it'll be interesting to find out a bit more about your opinion on all things technology, energy saving and project delivery today. Um, But before we kick off, would you like to start off by just telling us a little bit more about yourself and your role at SSE? Sure, okay. Um, like you say, uh, it's Rob Mitchell, um, uh, Project Sales Director um, within the SSC Business Unit focused on smart building technologies. Um, in that, we're, we're sort of, um, we cover quite a wide uh, uh, portfolio of activity within the sort of built environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but our main focus is around decarbonisation of, of buildings. Um, my team, um, we have a, a team right across the UK. Uh, we have about eight different offices with um, uh, sales and operations based out of those buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we, our main focus is, is sort of delivering smart ready buildings um, using what we see is sort of feature rich building management systems, um, Mm -hmm. mainly uh, sort of focused around um, end users in the healthcare education sectors. Um, We've, we also have uh, some real scale around complex manufacturing and pharmaceuticals, but we also um, deliver through the construction industry, if you like, the sort of normal construction industry channel into new builds um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we do projects large and small. Perfect that, that sounds really interesting and obviously that's what we're going to be touching on today you know obviously the topics of energy saving and decarbonizing buildings are huge um, and it's something that needs to be addressed soon because most buildings out there are still classed as inefficient um, so what yeah. are your thoughts on this you know what needs to change? Yeah well Sure, sitting down in front of traffic on the M25. Um, <laughs> I am very passionate about this, this topic. You know, sort of 80% of buildings that are in 
that will be in use in 2050 are already constructed. They're all, mm -hmm. already here today. Um, we have, you know, typically the industry has a great uh, focus on standards around new builds, but there's, there could be more focus, if you like, or more incentives or legislation on non-domestic buildings that are in use already. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically ensuring they maintain the standards that they were designed for, but over time. Um, yeah. So quite often they've been designed very well, but there's a lag. They, they are, um, they're let go, if you like, they're not maintained properly. Um, you take any reasonable sized building constructed in the last 10 years, they will be constructed to some very exacting standards. Mm -hmm. And generally larger ones do have good automated uh, centralized control systems. But the problem is that users, I think users and owners don't realize what they have. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they, as the sort of, you know, it gets out of that construction phase, it goes through its uh, uh, warranty period and then it sort of becomes a, 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 you know, a used building, if you like. Um, there's a real sort of, um, approach to FM that is sort of low cost, low hassle. Mm -hmm. um, and this often means that buildings aren't, aren't optimised um, to their current usage standards or, or patterns and invariably are running in, inefficiently. We, we so regularly go into buildings that have got great operating systems, but they're either turned off or no one knows how to use them or um, no one wants to sort of get involved, if you like. Um, there's a real reticence to upgrading building operating systems mm. i find this so odd because there's an expectation that if you've built a building so it's going to last for 25 years and all the operating systems within it should also last forever mm -hmm. um you know and it's it's just odd um you know yeah. we eagerly change our technology um you know our phones our laptops our tvs what, what whatever they are we change them you know annually you know, or we certainly upgrade their software regularly. Mm -hmm. um, but effectively, we see our buildings lasting for forever. Um, you know, we, yeah. I, I, I like to draw everything to, I'm a bit of a petrol head, which is not a very green thing, of course, but, <laughs> um, um, you know, we, we, we don't expect our cars to run properly and hold their value without good maintenance. Mm -hmm. And yet, I think we, we expect our buildings to do so. Yeah, I guess to a certain extent, you know, some of the current buildings that are standing today, they weren't built with smart enablement in mind. Um, so we need to future-proof them. And one way of doing that is through technology. Um, so do you think that one of the biggest challenges for the smart building industry is how we purchase that technology? You know, the traditional process, as you said, is very set in stone, and that's with the aim of minimising risk. Yeah. But along with that, that also stifles a lot of innovation. Yeah, I think it does. Um, I've had this sort of consideration almost through that, I think you said, very long career. I don't like the sound of that, but through that <laughs> long career of, of, of being involved with technology within buildings you know I've always had this sort of consideration that the technology is actually the easy bit um, and today even more so there's absolutely loads of well-designed meaningful and scaled and scalable technology out there um, 
I think the challenge comes from getting that tech into buildings. Um, new is a little bit easier, but but certainly um, existing buildings, it's it's it's, um, it's tough. I think it's tough for people on the client side, but but also on the technology side, if you like. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, increasingly in buildings, it's the services that make the building workable. You know, the, having the best lighting, having the best air quality, having the best networks, you know, yet there's still a culture that the, the steel and the bricks and the concrete are the big ticket items. And that's where the value is. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I think all change needs to happen um, because the industry you know, it, it remains in that sort of, well, we'll package everything and place these into purchasing silos. Yeah. Um, and it just means that bringing that technology together, if, if you've got a technology that is spans the different networks, um, you know, the way we specify design and procure a building today makes that difficult. Mm-hmm. And if it's difficult, typically the contract frameworks that we have um, just just see that as risk and and of course contractors and clients don't like risk so it stifles that uh, innovation yeah definitely and I think you know linking into that as you just said the the construction process is quite traditional still and it is quite set in stone so you know what needs to change to get around that and have you seen things starting to adapt you know can we create smart buildings with that method or do we need to change things up well as i say i think you know we shouldn't do the industry a disservice you know we have got you know you take the last sort of 10 years certainly maybe maybe even longer you know we have been putting some reasonably good technology into buildings that i wouldn't say was future proof um, but you can upgrade, you can optimise using what they've got today, but people don't. Um, so there's a bit there that says, well, let's, let's take those existing um, operating systems and at least try and, try and upgrade them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the change will, in, certainly in any new build and any large sort of, change of use or or upgrade buildings you know there's without doubt it's going to change um there's a whole you know focus on the taking carbon out of the construction process we know that the um skilled labor shortage is having a a big effect um there's a drive for more off-site um fabrication modular buildings that sort of thing and then when you take uh, the sort of digital technologies like BIM, um, digital twinning, um, and then the horsepower that we've got with systems to be able to take that data and, and uh, uh, you know, overlay some artificial intelligence onto that. That is radically changing the, uh, the industry. So I think, you know, the old ways will change. I think even designing a building, you'll have less skilled labor involved with that it will be done more um through uh data acquisition and and artificial intelligence yeah i say let's embrace it you know i i I think you know this is so exciting seeing this sort of digital transformation um and the and the, the first easy steps you know what we promote is 
let's get ready for smart. Let's 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 you know um, have a smart ready infrastructure around a building, and that can be almost you know any building if you like. Mm-hmm. So you know get them reliably connected. Start to extract the data and store it safely somewhere, and then share that data and allow sort of tech companies like like ours in let us in to have a look at that data and see what we can do for you yeah I was just going to say just linking in what you said before there about you know half of the time a lot of occupants within buildings or facility managers or whoever it is that's running the building might have access to all of this data but they might have never been shown how to fully utilize it so you know I think that's that's a yeah. big part of it. And it's something we discussed um, last week on the podcast with um, Hawley, um, the whole idea of aftercare. And I think that's something that's often quite a challenge and something that's neglected. Um, but that's exactly what you're saying there about, you know, having a specialist who can actually interpret that data and get the best out of it. Yes, absolutely. I, th- I You know, we have a challenge, of course, nearly every building, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking now as a, if you like, a, a building management system provider um mm-hmm. you know over the last 10 15 years every building is is um you know bespoke we've we've had you know almost an issue that that you know one day we'll call you know we call it outside temperature and then the next day we we tag it as uh, external temperature and you know constantly there's the, the issue of tagging and getting data as assessed or at, you know accessed um, in a in a consistent way, but you have to start somewhere, uh, and I think extracting that data has got to be a good a good start. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely a bit of a lack of a sort of uniformity and standards and things, isn't there? Across the board, you've got various vendors, yeah. various systems, and various products installed in a building. And there's kind of no yeah. standard in place currently to to encourage all of them to talk to each other or communicate effectively. Yeah, I, I you know, I think, you know, one of the messages, you know, let us in. Uh, and also there'll be more collaboration between different tech companies as well. Um, you know, I, th- I think the days that, you know, you know, one system does everything is is not going to be effective. Um, mm. You're going to have to um, have uh, systems that are optimised, but they are open enough to share the data. Um, and, you know, I think we're already doing that in lighting, for example. So rather than um, try and deliver the lighting through the BMS, we say, well, we'll, we'll do the lighting, we'll supply an optimised lighting management system, but we'll bring the data together. So rather than say, I mean, many years ago, we even tried to uh, integrate the hardware and the network, and it was just almost impossible. You, 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 you really um, didn't get a good system in either, if you like, from the BEMS and the, and the lighting point of view. So some great lighting products out there. Um, let's, let's just keep that, you know, almost that silo, deliver it in that silo, but bring the data together. And, mm-hmm. and you know, in, in due course, you can start sending information out and back. So it can start 
being a two-way uh, kind of dialogue between systems. Yeah. Um, and, and the right, you know, we've got uh, capabilities, you know, the industry's got capabilities now around taking that data and, and uh, 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 bringing it together in one pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess, you know, linking into that a little bit, do you believe that interoperability and integration um, can truly be achieved across projects? You know, we've seen the rise of roles such as smart building consultants and system integrators, but they yeah. aren't standard on every project. So, you know, do you feel like they need to have a, a larger presence? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's a moment in time my business systems integrator and now you've got master systems integrator which is more mm-hmm. it and comms uh, uh dependent um and then like you say smart buildings consultant but i think it's a bit of a moment in time because there hasn't been standards because these silos have developed over time whether that's you know um through the specification process or through the the procurement process or both mm-hmm. um these, these things have come about, but I, I think take, technology will make the difference. Um, I, I remember many years ago uh, working, managing a channel uh, that sent or, or provided technology into the high-end residential market. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a series of partners that, that their sole job was to design and integrate home technology for the super rich, you know, these big mansions in in West London and stuff, um, you know, they'd run speaker networks and they'd run security systems and hi-fi and home cinemas and, you know, there'd be auto this and auto curtains and all of that kind of thing. And it was, you know, so expensive and complex. Yeah. Now you can walk into Curry's or you can click in, into Amazon and you can buy this stuff that does exactly that integrate it all together using your phone within sort of 10 minutes of opening an app. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we think of nothing today of having our doorbells and lighting and, you know, making requests for new loo rolls via a, a, a voice controlled device um, and it all working together. We, you know, we, we, we do that every weekend. Yeah. Um, but our buildings, our commercial buildings uh, are so complex and difficult because of these silos. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened that the technology will become easier to specify. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, will we see lots of smart building consultants and systems integrators? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think they, you know, they've got a place at the moment, but I think the technology will take over and we'll be able to do this in a much more uh, straightforward way. Mm-hmm. I think where you probably have, where you probably have, um, you know, a part, you know, a part to play, or, or someone will have to play a, the part of bringing the data into one place. Um, I think that's where the interesting bit will will come. Yeah. Um, okay. And I guess alongside that as well, you know, how do we effectively meet the need for net zero carbon buildings, but also prioritise? everything we've just said about connectivity, flexibility, but also, yeah. you know, occupant comfort and health and well-being and everything as well. Uh, well, that's, that, I mean, I think this is a different, this is a different question. Um, yeah. You know, we've got no choice here. We have to 
you know, we've, we've, the world's on fire. We have got to decarbonize buildings. We've got to decarbonize our, you know, daily lives. Um, and we've got to do it straight away. And, you know, we can affect things quickly if we start using what we've got already. Um, and generally what we found is if we, if we, you know, we can walk into an existing building, we can take a very quick look of what they're doing and the way they're doing it. And, and within moments come up with a plan where they can reduce their impact on the environment. Mm -hmm. And it's a win-win because that's generally an, you know, a lower energy consumption as well. So their yeah. energy bills, maybe they'll go down, maybe not because energy energy is going up in price, but they'll be using less energy, you know, and that's the point. Yeah. Um, but I think, this is something we just have to do. And um, the, the part about flexibility and occupant comfort, well, maybe there's an argument that we will have to feel a little bit warmer on those summer days and a little bit colder on those winter days um, if it means that we're sitting in a building that's more efficient. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, 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 and I, <clears throat> I know the, the primary cost in any business is the people. Um, but, you know, maybe if we do our bit, then the people will be happy that the, the corporate's doing its bit rather than, you know, they, they have to uh, wear, a, wear a jumper instead of a, just a shirt. You know, that I, yeah. I, think, I think it's a fair bet to take, if you like. I, I don't, I think in the end, with the right tech, you can, you can score all these points. You know, I think, yeah. so, so today, let's say, you know let's get our screwdrivers out and start making these changes now and maybe there'll be a bit bit of a bit of a pain during during the short term but the tech's there to be able to give fabulous services in a building mm -hmm. you know and really enjoyable experience of that building in time um and you know i think you know it's not a it's not a heavy ask um, yeah and I it think attitudes are changing a lot, you know, in yeah. general. So I think now people would be a lot more willing to, as you said, put a jumper on because they're a lot more environmentally aware. Um, so I think that yeah. obviously goes in our favour as well um, when it comes to trying to achieve net zero carbon buildings. Yeah, I do. And, and you know, that still doesn't mean that, that um, the building owners shouldn't provide buildings that have got you know clean air and you know great great uh, um comfort and, and and safety around the building you know i think that's it's all that that i'd almost say is a default you have to start at that it's not a that's not a um a nice to have um and i think they work hard to do that and and of course what happens is in doing that they're making some mistakes which is you know that they're they're not having their systems optimized you know yeah. they're uh, uh doing it ad hoc by trying to make the best for their people um mm -hmm. so yeah i think i think it's exciting times i think um you know this kind of urgency will will really drive innovation and allow that innovation into non-domestic buildings you know i think it it's there we've just got to get on with it yeah definitely we need to be brave we need to find clients that are brave and then use those to to show other people 
that it's okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, we've just we've got one more question left. You know, in your view, are there any examples of buildings that are demonstrating what we should be striving towards? I, I think there's some that are pretty close. I can't. I wouldn't. Wouldn't say. You know, I, I'm going to pick any anything off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think there are clients that see the benefit. There are clients that are fully on board um, to uh, look after their spaces um, and look after their people. Um, is it scaled? Probably not. Um, and is it, you know, in any one building, do you have all of the services, all of the things in place at any one time? I would say definitely not, you know. Yeah. There's um, some that are obviously taking an element of risk and are, you know, trying relatively new smart yeah. building strategies I suppose and trying to find the best mix but whether anyone's fully achieved that is I, I think the exciting the exciting part at the moment um, you know we're working with a couple of clients doing you know pilots of new technologies um, now we're in you know SSD smart buildings are in a great position because we've got um amazing partnerships um you know with the likes of siemens and trend uh, and tridonic we've got the opportunity to look at the market and bring other technologies in so work with new partners if you like mm-hmm. um and we can take those into to clients that we've been working with for years and years um yeah. so we've got that level of of trust so we are de- delivering in in pockets some nice uh, pilot sort of um, uh, projects, um, whether that's uh, you know very specific around, let's say, the optimization of heat and vent, um, or it's it's sort of connected lighting, connected emergency lighting, and bringing that into the BEMS, um, and, and regularly ensuring that the buildings are uh, meeting their uh, uh, the standards around. Uh, uh, those things um but yeah we are at the start of the journey in a way that's kind of sad i suppose because the technology's been around for a while but i think clients are kind of onto it now we've got um an activity uh, as one of the primary sort of sponsors forthcoming cop 26 and i think this is there's a lot of uh people looking at this now what is the country going to say and do is there going to be some top-down type uh, I don't know whether it's legislation, but certainly top-down pressure. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to come. There's, there's certainly budget being pushed by in the public sector for decarbonisation. I can only see that getting bigger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I think some people are doing it. Um, it's just not scaled. Yeah, so I'd say, you know, summarise, do you want to have the last word and sort of just summarise what we've talked about? Would you say, you know, more needs to be done and, and quicker or...? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big journey, it's a long journey. I think someone said to me, you know, we keep focusing sort of far out, you know, this is where we need to be then, and we're not sort of just making those first steps, if you like. So mm-hmm. I think let's, let, let's, as an industry, just start making those first steps, connecting to buildings, um, analysing the data that's already there, using the equipment that's already installed you could take any building 10 years on newer and you could 
you know, you could probably chase 20% off of their, mm -hmm. uh, their exposure without hardly, you know, doing a thing other than optimizing what they've already got. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we would uh, welcome that. And I think the industry would. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a really great chat with you today. Yeah, it's good. Enjoyed that.